Hey everybody, how you doing? This is GB, um, another episode of the Real Click Spit podcast. Just a podcast of friends, brothers, where we get on here talk about real topics or kind of whatever's on our mind. Uh, so today's episode is cool. We got Marjani joining us for the first time, and we got, of course, Ian or Berg. Uh, what's up, guys? How y'all doing, man? You? Oh, good, man. All things considered, doing good. Yeah, indeed, indeed. That's a, a good segue. So today on the episode, we just kind of want to talk about kind of everything that's going on right now, social unrest, just in general, I guess, as well as uh, protecting our women based on some things that are going on. And then a little last segment, just something we might be optimistic on. So as far as the social unrest, um, I just did a, a sports podcast talking about this last week. But most recently, we deal with, um, well, actually, not even most recently at this point, um, because George Floyd was, you know, uh, taken too soon by um, murdered, murdered by by police officers on camera. Um, and then most recently, we had uh, the brother and uh, Rash- I can't remember. I can't think of his name right now. And I'm sorry, brother. Um, Rashawn. Rashawn. In uh, Atlanta. Thank you. Who was sleeping in his car, shot by police um, yeah. after, you know, some conversation. Thank you. Rashad Brooks. No. So, um, and it's been a lot, it feels like. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. But just kind of want to talk to the guys about what's going on um, and kind of get their thoughts. So if either you want to kick it off, if you have any starting thoughts or anything, man, the floor is open. We can just kind of bounce it back and forth. Go ahead, Bump. You the new one. Oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, um, it's, uh, I, I, let me just say this. Let me just lead off with, with saying that, uh, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. You said what we're excited about. I'm excited about that in my lifetime, you know, uh, I, we seem to be witnessing, witnessing some positive energy in terms of where this could go. You know what I mean? I feel like, uh, we're in a half court alley oop basically and the ball's just flying through the air you know what i mean it's up for us to finish at the rim in terms of uh we have a lot of people who are willing to see change happen you know uh but i say that to preface just like this is just happening way too often you know and uh it's hard to really cope with, man. If, if I'm being completely honest, like, you know, as a black man, it's a, it's a weird uh, place you find yourself in because, you know, if, in order to be a productive member of society, you have to have a way to cope with this. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just what's happening to other people. You know what I mean? The people we just mentioned. Maud Aubrey, you know, Breonna Taylor. It's not just that. It's definitely yeah. the shadow that we live in every day, you know, and whether or not some of it is perceived shadow or actual, true, it's still part of our reality, you know, and it's so many battles to fight and so many layers, you know, to unpeel uh, or to peel, you know, uh, in terms of past issues, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I'll just say, for example, uh, you know, right now we're dealing with the police and trying to get police reform, you know, and um, I have some friends that are in law enforcement and, you know, my whole thing is just like, why? <laughs> why are you in law enforcement? Why would you choose that, you know? Uh, and if you choose that, it's your choice to choose it, but are you aware of, you know, the history of law enforcement in the black community? You know what I'm saying? Just a disclaimer, like understand that 
there are some genuine hurts and some real issues, you know, that uh, that plague the black community in terms of the history with law enforcement. And so, you know, uh, not that there ain't no good cops, obviously, or police officers, whatever, you know, I have an uncle like that's a sheriff and this and that. But, but just, uh, just to hear the why. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if it's like, hey, there has to be some of us in here to protect, I'm with that. You know what I mean? But don't go into it blindly. Understand that, you know, if you consider me a homie, I'm going to be like, look, this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, the police have been used to brutalize the black community for, for since the dawn of time. Yeah, since, since the, the dawn of this country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. So, I, so I just... A... Just to gain that perspective, you know what I'm saying? To put that on the table, like, it's just been going on for a long time, bro. Like, it's traumatic, and it affects our reality. Like I said, that's, you know, trying to make my point is that uh, whether it's perceived or not, like, it's real. And it's good to know that people are behind it, but what are we going to do with it? You know, going back to my analogy of the alley you know, how do we finish it? I've kind of had the same thought. Berg, kind of what are you thinking right now? Um, And then we'll kind of bounce it around. Uh, to be honest with you, to touch on some shit that Bump just said, like, <clears throat> in regards to the whole policing thing, I actually have a different, uh, not a different viewpoint of it. Um, it's more so a solution, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm tired of talking about, like, what, what it is. Everybody knows what it is, you know what I mean? Like, we out here getting murdered, you know what I mean? Unarmed people are getting murdered so like just touching on that policing part like when you ask people like why to why are they going to law enforcement or you know what i'm saying please understand what you're, you're getting into to be honest with you like for me it's not even about that it's more so about like police where you're from you know what i mean like if berg is policing south sacramento i know those folks in south sacramento because i grew up around here. i know what the politics of the hood are you yes. know what i'm saying so you know, so like, Community it's going to be different. It's, it's different from me walking through the hood in a police uniform because I know, like I said, the politics of the hood. I can I can <laughs> communicate that language, you know what I'm saying? Because I grew up in South Sac. That's where I'm from. So um, that that's, that's what that's my solution to the whole policing thing. Like, I, I agree with Bump. Like, basically, it's like... For one, why get into that? But I think that also stems from our um, rightly so lack of trust in the in the yes. police. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think my biggest thing with the social unrest is I don't care. Like I don't care that people are out here now. Actually, let me say this. Let me preface everything that I'm about to say with this: what people are not saying is that a lot of the people out here looting, burning things down, are actually not the protesters. The protesters are actually out here peaceful. So they right. are, they are, there are police officers who have dressed up like protesters. Right. There are other folks who are against this, uh, the, the protests that come out and they're dressed up like protesters. And they are the ones that are, they've been caught multiple times, setting things on looting things. So, not to say that there aren't opportunists, because there are in every situation, but I just want to get that clear. Um, back to what I was saying is, I don't care. Like, 
I don't care if it, it, shit burns down because I feel like for far too long, over 50 years, we've been doing the turn the other cheek and peaceful route. So at this point in time, it's time to take another stance. Now, I also do agree that with all of this uh, social unrest and with the type of uh, protesting that's going on, there does need to be a stop um who gets together and put that plan together don't know but the, but there definitely needs to be a plan but i do want to say this really quickly before i pass it to you um the shit that i think bump said it the, the, the best like it's hard to cope with this shit and i think it hurts so bad because every black woman that's murdered is my they are my sisters my mothers my fucking daughter you know what i'm saying Every black man that's listed out here, my, son, my brothers, it's me. So not, I'm not just seeing other like this is myself in that situation easily. You know what I mean? This is these are my brothers who I call the clip. This is y'all in those situations. My sons who I have to have that conversation with at a very young age, which other people don't they never had that conversation with. You know what I mean? So like for me. I think that Marjani hit it on the head when he's like, it's hard to cope with because we know that we talk to our sons about how to deal with police and not end up dead. Yep. Um, and I, I'll leave it at that. I'll let you go. I've been talking for a little long. You saying, but... no, you guys... Yeah, like I, I think you guys are in a good place just kind of starting out the conversation because there are so many layers to this. Um, and like Marjani said, it does have an effect on our reality perceived or, or real either way it's not necessarily about the intent but so much the impact right so it's how it impacts you to berg's point uh we've had guns drawn on us together i was actually telling that story recently not um just driving so was i yeah regular downtown uh me berg my boy my brother adam and i think might have been I'm marcus i don't remember but you know, just chilling downtown with it, not even doing anything, you know, out of the ordinary and get stopped by, I guess, plainclothes cops in an undercover car out top with the guns out. So even, you know, I think as I was talking to my cousin and brother on the podcast last week is all of us have a story. And if you don't have a direct story, you probably know someone very close to you or at least within your circle who has a story. So it just says a lot to, you know. Yes, sir. I don't mean to cut you off, but I do feel like it is very um, important that this is mentioned because for folks that are listening, you have to understand what type of shit that we deal with. I have I have to mention that the reason that they pulled us out, that they, they, they pulled us over, drew their guns immediately, sat us down on the curb immediately with their guns drawn was for almost screeching the type <laughs> i have to laugh because yeah the, he didn't have a real reason um i think i think it might have something about a u-turn or something but i don't know how you can get for almost doing something that's a good point berg but basically there wasn't enough to to stop us you know what i mean so it just felt very you know it was very forced and i think thank you for that berg like just so many situations that happens and of course to marjani's earlier point and berg's earlier point you know i've been stopped before and that nothing happened then nothing's happened before a gun's not been drawn on me every time no one's trying to say anything like that but it doesn't need to be every time because if that one time say my friend who's in the back seat got nervous or sneezed or something and they end up shooting that that could happen right and there's no 
you know, there was no camera then. There wasn't, no one had a camera phone out then. So we possibly would just be gone or injured, you know what I mean, for, for nothing. And it's, you know, I understand the position they're in, but they put themselves there. You know what I mean? As a police officer, you're, you're agreeing to go into these dangerous situations, but that don't mean every situation can be approached in that way. I also like the idea of community policing, to your point, Berg, because you are familiar with the neighborhood. And um, I do want to mention this. The idea of defund the police is not about not having police, which people try and always go to the, the largest extreme to try and prove a point. That's foolish. The whole point is there's no reason for them to be funded way over housing, education, et cetera, all these things that potentially can lead people to commit crimes, to live in bad neighborhoods, all these other systematic racial issues that target communities of color, African-American communities, right, that we're speaking of specifically, that create these issues. You can actually speak to some of those issues by taking funding away. There's no reason police need tanks and there's little kids who don't have lunch, who aren't eating breakfast at school. That's foolish. It just doesn't make sense. So it's that kind of thing is what you're saying. You can fund mental health because before that, you know, just talking to my dad and others, before Ronald Reagan cut all the money, Right. He cut money out of all these social programs. You had a place for, you know, people who may have behavioral issues or um, be um, have any kind of um, mental health issue. But now there's nothing. So you put them on the street and those people are on the street. So if they have a, a are having a mental episode, which is actually technically a public health issue in my mind, they're the police are not properly trained for that. And that's not a knock on police. It's you've had you were in the academy for how long? How many psychology courses did they give you? How many courses on dealing with potential rape victims or uh, sexual abuse or domestic abuse or, you know what I mean? The myriad of problems that a police officer can see. So I think, Berg, you have a good point. Community policing. I just think there's reform that needs to happen. But to a degree, it's a system you have to tear down, right? Because as you mentioned earlier, as you both mentioned, the whole system was built on the backs of, you know, basically rounding up slaves, right? Getting runaway slaves. And then you go through reconstruction where slave is no longer, slavery is quote unquote abolished. But now, you know, it's abolished unless you can get them for a crime. So you make up a bunch of petty crimes that you could arrest them for. You can't, there's no lawyers, there's no nothing. So, you know, you can't be standing on this corner. You're going to go to jail. You can put them on whatever punishment you want and then send them back to work for whoever. So to me, the system just needs to be rethought as like a lot of systems in America, uh, which is, you know, kind of my point in all this. So um, have you guys... Absolutely. Have you guys, did you guys march or did you write petitions or kind of, I'm asking like, where's your fight, right? Because everybody's not going to protest. Everybody's not going to do everything, right? Everybody's not going to lead a march, but I think every role is important. And I really want to stress that to people out there. You may be someone that writes letters to congressmen because uh, someone out protesting may not do that. So what did, you know, what did you guys do? What'd you teach your kids? Kind of, how has this affected your, you going forward and like deciding what you're going to do with this new kind of energy we're in? Really quickly, before we get on that, I just want to—I don't want to—I want to just piggyback onto your defunding um, comment because I actually didn't know this until a few days ago. But I well, I knew that I had cops in my family. Like a few of my uh, my dad's cousins are cops um, back in Jersey and elsewhere. But anyways, they actually went through a defunding. And like you said, I think it is crucial to point out that defunding does not mean taking away the police. Like you said, here in California, they get 51% of the budget. Yeah, that's come. ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, so what, what essentially ended up happening with them in Camden 
is that they fired everyone. Okay. But what they did is they hired back those that had the good records. Okay. And then Camden has a community police force based off of those who had records that were good. So it was essentially like a revamping of the entire system. So that's what the defunding is. It's not getting rid of all all of them for good. It's getting rid of the bad apples, which is what people say, like, well, played. no, yeah, definitely that, you know, say we understand that not all cops are bad, but guaranteed if you leave us, if you leave a badass apple in a bag with a bunch of good ones <laughs> every time, well, every time, you know, what I mean, so I just wanted to touch on that because I think that was very important to say so that people don't think that people when they say defund the police, it's not get rid of everybody and just let us run around all stupid. Yeah, definitely, bro. And well, and my thing is, uh, if I could chime in, absolutely. Yeah, my thing is like, I mean, it's English one hundred and one defund, man. I mean, defund. It's not like we're talking alien tongue. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty easy to figure out what defund means. Now, how we are, you know, to what degree is a is a matter, right? But you could easily say eliminate the police departments, abolish the police departments, True. like. Those are terms and words you could use if you're talking about completely eradicating. That's another one. Yeah, the police true. department. But we're talking about defunding, which means to remove funds. It doesn't mean to remove all funds. It just means to remove some funds, which could be all, but that's not the case. <laughs> so people who think that way are willi- willfully doing that, which is yes. something we could talk about later in the podcast. Yes. The willful ignorance, you know what I'm saying, of people and why, you know, just things are the way that they are. But to answer your question real quick, I served in the military. I was in the Navy, right? And so I have a certain perspective of this. When I was in, when I was serving, I served under Bush and I served under uh, uh, under Obama. Like, uh, you know, he was elected while I was in the service. True. So, uh, but it was post 9-11. And <clears throat> all, they only played Fox News in the uh, you know, uh, in in the galley, if you will, that's where you eat lunch. And it's not to knock that's any kind of news, whatever. But my point is, is that the term of the news in that time was terror. You know what I mean? And so we're talking about why the police have all this money and why they have all this artillery while they're being militarized, right? Obviously, post nine eleven, that's why they got it. However. Mm. That's why they got it, but that's not how they got it, right? These conservative groups, NRA, all this stuff have always been hand in hand. And this is just my opinion, right? I'm just saying this is my opinion. Yeah. But it was always like if you didn't say terror on the news, you weren't reputable news, right? The fear mongering was starting like, oh, we have to allow TSA to search all of our stuff and to raise the taxes for our flights and to do this and that and the third. It was never about that. It was always about getting money, getting mm. this business, right? But that's how they, yeah, uh, they they masqueraded with this, you know, oh, the terror organizations and they're going to the terror this and the terror that, right? So they start getting you playing this fear mongering game with your mind. And so fast forward, to it's been almost 20 years and we haven't had no issues like that like the thing is is that i mean we haven't had any issues with like the the muslims coming over here and and and, and setting it off anything our terror groups come from within our country you know what i'm saying white supremacist people shooting up churches this and that left and right so my point is fast forwarding to now right we are in a place where it's like 
the momentum is moving, right? Getting back to my analogy with this alley-oop thing, it's like, I am going to march. I'm about to go up, you know, and, and if they if it goes through in August, uh, we already got our spot and everything like that. Me and Berg talked about it. But we got I got the spot, got the tickets, going out to this march uh, in D.C. And I know that there are health care, you know, concern risks and all that. But my thing is that we need to be a part of this, right? Like, yeah. if you throw an alley-oop, you don't want the referee to finish at the rim because he can't. You know what I'm saying? You want an NBA player to finish at the rim because the NBA player can't just narrative and this movement does not need to be taken over by white folks in my opinion they need to be here to help us but they don't need to be at the, the lead of it as yeah. we already seen yeah. with kneeling nancy you know what i'm saying <laughs> and uh what, what i what i call him i called him uh oh ain't black biden you know what i'm saying like you ain't back it's like as soon as somebody white takes off with it and tries to run with the with the with the rock they fumble you know what i'm saying because it's not your issue like you, you it's like you can't stay true to something that's not your own. And so, yes, I am. I have my talk with my son already. To Bert's point, he's only five years old. But I have to tell him, son, the way you look, your skin color, the way you want to have your hair, that matters. Your behavior matters. So you have to be mindful of who you are and who you represent at five years old. Yeah. To Burke's point, some people don't have to have that conversation. Very true. You know what I'm saying? At this age, they get the luxury of Ever. pretending that the American dream still exists to that degree. But I don't get that. So, you know, I did my time. I served to answer your question. I served my, my time. You know what I mean? I'm raising my kids a certain way. And in spite of this pandemic, I'm going to take my precautions. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, we live. need to be a part of it, bro. Yeah. I just don't want the message to get hijacked in the wrong hands, you know, by the wrong people. I think you know that's a good saying? point. Like, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, I haven't. I, I know, like, I've been on the petitions. I've been, you know, kind of following up that way. Um, I actually want to talk to you guys about something, too, uh, an idea I have. But um, I haven't done any marching or anything. It's not, I don't know, just, I don't know. It's weird to describe. It's just never really how my mind worked. Like, I'm, I'm always like, okay, that's happened, right? And I kind of think of myself as, like, an idea guy. So I'm like, okay, that's happened, right? So what else can we do? Like, you need that also. I'm not saying not to do that. Like, by all means, please go because we need you guys, like you said. But what else are we going to do? You know what I mean? So who's setting up the demands? Who's creating, like, what other avenues are we going to take? Because I think you need all of it is my point. I think you need the community policing. I think you also need um, – you can have more black people and cops, but I also think you need to com completely reform it. I think you need to change the funding. I think, like, everything to me, who um, the Supreme Court is, who the mayor is, who the, all these people, as you turn them over, I think that's how you change it from the inside and then the outside with, you know, civil unrest, protest, you know, even looting, you can say that. And there are those groups that created it. But that news, that issue still was bringing awareness to what was going on. They couldn't make it just about the looting. So, you know, I think all that is important. So that's why I kind of ask. And then I know Berg, you also are raising young sons. Um, you know, you you I don't know if you had that talk yet. Maybe because I know Reek, my nephew, is ultra precocious. So not to say he wouldn't notice it and ask what's going on, but you know, kind of what what are your thoughts on that, Berg? How are you kind of taking that? Um, to be honest with you, I'm fucking scared. <laughs> like, I haven't had that talk with him because he's still in a place of. His innocence uh, is still there to a degree. Exactly. I was going to say, and, and this is not a bad thing, but he's he's still in a place of childhood ignorance. You know what I'm saying? To where... Man, that's the... It, he, like, he, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's good for him not to know right now. 
But um, the crazy thing is, I know for a fact, like, I don't care. It's almost impossible. It's, not, it's impossible to say that nothing's going to happen between now and the time that he is Bump's son age, which is five. But if nothing happened between now and then, I would still have to have that talk with him because at any moment, obviously, something can happen. And we have to have that talk. Like, my dad had it with me. I'm sure his dad had it with him. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a generational hand-me-down. <laughs> Not yeah. in, in, a, in a good way. Right. Um, but, I mean, to, to actually answer your question as far as what I've been doing, like, I, I, I have also shared petitions and things like that. And um, I am going to the march in August. Um but I'm with you, GB. And for me, I think honestly, because I'm a bigger dude, like do pro tattoos and everything. Like for me, there's actually a little bit of fear in being out there because I'm a target. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. You know what I mean? And so it's not easy for me to blend in with the crowd. 100%. You feel me? So, um, and I do have certain situations in my life that uh caused me to need to be here <laughs> you know what Man, i mean real, yeah so, absolutely uh, namely three small children so um yeah like that that's to answer your question directly got it i had a um so i had to say hey, go ahead go up go ahead marshani i'll come i'll fault. come back to it no, my, go fault. Ahead. my fault bro no, uh, go i was gonna say i mean like you know, if I'm being honest, man, um, you know, that that that's just going to come to us all. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm at a place like, and I have been for a long time. It's just like, you got to be ready, bro. Like, like the thing is, is that, and I guess I felt this way in the military, too. I guess I was forced to feel this way. But it's like, you, you we live under this false pretense that we have some sort of control, Right. And we don't over when we load, when we, when we leave, how we leave, we don't like, we think we do, but we don't. People have been like Breonna Taylor shot in her sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like it, we just don't know. So my point is, is that all you have is right now. I could just live, bro. That's it. Like if people were afraid to do things and I understand being cautious and I'm not knocking anybody's decision. I get it. We're human beings, but just think about where we would be in this country if, if the fear of death was uh, the end all be all, you know what I'm saying? Like we would be nowhere. Like Martin Luther King would not have had even a movement. Malcolm X, anybody like period, the Panthers, none, none of that. Like, it's just the fact that are you willing to accept what you have? Yes, we do have life. Yes, we do have certain things, but if that's not enough, then you need to be about your business of making it enough. Right. And, that's just where I'm at with it. Like I, I, I have, I got, you know, uh, it, it's funny. It's crazy to talk about this stuff, but it's like my life is not just being a dad only. Like I am Marjani Jackson. Like yeah, I have my concerns and my things that I want to do. And so my point is, is that if that is standing up for what I believe is right, I have taken care of my family. I have life insurance. I, they're, they're squared away. Like, obviously I would rather be here, but, but I'm not okay. The 38 years that I've, the 38 years that I've lived, like the pre, the pre-pandemic time, the pre-COVID-19, 
I, I'm done with that. Like, I want this to be something new. And if it takes me being involved, so be it. So be it, bro. That's just kind can of I, yeah. And Go ahead, bro. Can let me, GB, GB, before you go, because I really want to ask this question. It's a deep-ass question, and it's touched, it just touches on what, what Bump just said. And this is a – I don't – GB, I don't know if you'll necessarily be able to feel this, but Bump, I – I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate really quickly, right? Just for those people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. Understanding that you are ready for and accept the fact that you have to go, right? And you've set everything up for your family to be straight, right? Right. Are you willing to accept one of your sons having to go? Because understanding, understanding that being out there and being a part of it, not saying that anyone should, this is, uh, please don't get that, please don't get that incorrect. But that also puts your family at risk. When even if you meet it uh, hypothetically, the same kind of way. Uh, well, even well, hypothetically, correct. it ties in. But yeah, go ahead. No, so let me let me answer that. Uh, I I appreciate the question, and this and this as a human being, obviously, and as a loving father you of course you you deal with that situation right. but let's just say i don't go and in 10 or 15 years noah's taken out by something that my only son you know what i'm saying he's taken out by the lack of police reform or whatever like oh, really, I I, you know what i'm saying like like that's my point is that we feel like we have some sort of control over the things that happen they are outside of our control like uh, obviously there's consequences to every action, right? But what I'm saying is that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. Like there, yeah. I'm not satisfied with, with where we stand. You know what I'm saying? And if that means that I need to stand up and be counted, then I need to stand up and be counted, bro. Like, and that's just the responsibility that's put on a man as you, as, as you're making that same point, like that might be the reason why you choose not to go because you are responsible for your family. And I understand that, you know what I'm saying? But I have taken that route before. Like, and, and I'm, and I personally am not okay with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, everybody has to choose their own way, which is what I love about. It's what I love about what this country represents, right? Like in the form of voting, like, let's just say all BS aside, the fact that you can express yourself to a vote, I'm, I'm saying I'll be as a sign the way it should be, right? The way it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. We can disagree, but we, but really it comes down to how I vote, right? And it, we live in a place where we can disagree. And so the, I think that as a microcosm of kind of like what we're talking about, it's like you and I can have a difference of opinion. It's our life is how we choose to act. Like some people choose to not do and some people do or and Berg, you were a doer for a long time i know you were in a different kind of stage of your life you know as you have even a bigger family than i have you know what i'm saying and i'm a little bit older so i'm kind of feeling like man i gotta have with this energy i have left i need to do something with it you know to make it count more than just you know serving in the navy or whatever like well, it's just i'm still alive you know what i'm saying i like, wonder too kind of... sorry bump but from, no, to, good, to ask good. you guys this question too like so to me, you're absolutely right, right? And I think it's key. You need the people who march, but you know, you wouldn't have the movement without Malcolm, Martin, you know, the Garb, the Marcus Garvey's the people in the front, right? But there's a lot of, you know, the uh, NAACP had a treasurer too, and they had a secretary, 
and they had people who work doors and pe- you know what I mean? So there's, to me, I think the biggest thing, and that's why I was saying like meeting the fight where you are is there's so many levels to it. And I think all of it is necessary. So, you know, Most definitely. you're going to have people in the not. front, people in the back, people, everybody has a, a role. You know what I mean? So I think it's a good question. Absolutely. Bert, um, like the hypothetical. It is a great it, question. Where, because where does it stop? Well, the ship, like on the ship, right? There's like a gunner's mate. There's a sonar tech. What I was, there's a captain. There's somebody who, who, who uh, you know, is, is good good with the map, right? There's someone who's good with, uh, you know, guns and, you know, navigating. So, right, it's an ensemble. Everybody has a job. And so I'm very much aware of that. And I do support that. And I believe that. I'm just saying, as for me, yeah. like, that's where I'm at right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, uh, thankful for it, truthfully, that's, bro. That's all. Same as, like, cast serving the military, right? Because, like, I do appreciate what y'all are, are like you said, all BS aside, like you said earlier, right? When you go into the military, if you go into it for the right reasons, I do appreciate that you're trying to stand up for us too. Like I definitely got love for that, and I appreciate you can do that. I can't do it; it's never my thing. I always kind of just felt like, honestly, when I saw Boys in the Hood, uh, I listened to Styles, <laughs> Mr. Styles, bro. Like real talk. Even as a kid, like it just I don't know, just resonated with me. And I have I'm my grandpa was in Air Force, like one of the first black men in the Air Force out here. Uh, my uncle was in it, but just not me. But everybody has that role, right? Is the point. So. You know, we everybody supports in their way. So I think that's important. What I wanted to ask you guys, right, real quick, just to digress, is so it's a good segue because you have those are going to protest. We have the petitions, et cetera, right? But you know me. I'm always thinking, I'm like, damn, what haven't we done? Because we talked about the boycotts earlier, right? And me and Berg have had these conversations with uh, buying power of African-American communities and the trillion dollars and where does it come from? How do they calculate it? You know, how do we actually harness that power, right? And it's through sales. It's, you know, withholding your money. And, you know, we can get into that deeper, but, you know, okay, we're not going to shop at these places, but the flip of that needs to be, we need to be creating our own now so that we can still get those things from our, our people, right? So if I can't, you know, shop at these five retailers and they sell 85% of the things I buy, either I don't use that or, you know, I'm, or I got to cross the picket line. However, if we have an option, somebody within the, the diaspora, if you will, you can do that. But, so my thing was this, right? Boycotts. What do you guys, and I'm telling, hey, Uncle Sam, you're listening, bro. I pay all my all my joints. But how do you guys feel about <laughs> a tax strike? <laughs> he said I pay all my joints. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm letting him know. I paid every, man, all my stuff's just filed. But so I was thinking of this, right? Because if you think about it, as you pay taxes, you literally fund your own terror, right? From police, from whoever, because that's where that money trickles down from. Taxpayers, right? In your local municipality, depending on how you vote, et cetera. So... If and it's hypothetical, right? Tell me what you think. But like, basically, anyone who wants to join, you still file your taxes, right? And whenever you're, you, we all go exempt. You file your tax, and then when it comes time to pay that bill, we also you send in a letter that's already crafted that says something like, "Until these, however many demands are met, we'll pay no taxes." And I'm wondering instantly, right? You're talking about the trillion dollars or whatever, but instantly you're touching the government's pockets, not corporations. Because a boycott by by definition, right, is don't buy from this corporation in hopes that they push on um, whoever the politician is. Depending on how big you are as a corporation and how big the boycott is, and if you're worldwide or not, you can you can eat that. You know what I mean? The NFL kind of showed that with the the boycotts because they still, you know, they faltered a little bit, but they was they weren't they kept moving. So I was just wondering, like, how what do you guys think? about that kind of idea what do you think the pitfalls are do you think it's possible do you think it's you know what i mean does it have any more impact it's just something that came to my mind one day and i just wanted to see what you guys thought 
I got two words. I will uh, keep it short and sweet. I love it. I got two words, though. Two words. Wage garnishment. I thought about that. And here's the thing, right? So, one, they can't garnish you until you actually, until they go through the process, right? So, they're going to have to see the notice. They're going to have to see the notices and all that, right? You're not talking about just you and your house, man. You're talking about everybody. How are you going to sell those notices? And are you going to garnish every bank account in the country? Or yeah, fifty percent, forty percent. The 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 well, I mean, and we're talking uh, obviously. I mean, like if they can find ways to give the police fifty percent of the budget, they'll find ways to. Uh, you write that in, though. Fund right. You write in. You know, we have a hundred billion dollars. Here's fifty billion dollars to police. We vote. You start sending the checks out. I know there's more to it, but I'm saying for a tax reform, like so. Then if that's the case, they need to come up with a bill to garnish. Every person in the country? And what about people who are not part of it, who just can't pay the tax? Like, you still got to set up the payment plans and all that. Or set up a payment plan and pay one cent. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'm not, against, I'm, not, I'm not against doing something. I just would have to give it more thought to be, you know, so we could, so, so I could answer now, properly. But I'll put it, what, yeah. what mom said, which is the funniest thing, mom was like, um, I love you, but uh, I just retired, and they ain't coming after me, bro, so good luck. And I felt it, you know what I mean? But I just, I was just thinking about out of the box thoughts, right? Because there's so many, to me, like a lot of it, and you got to keep doing it right. But a lot of this has been done, right? Even now I'm optimistic about the energy we have, but I, I was watching something and they were like, well, this kind of happened when, um, cause you had, you know, after Rodney King was, it wasn't this big, it feels like, but we didn't have social media, right? So that impact too, but right. I wonder you know, right now with that, how quick the news cycle is, this is the best, the biggest thing, right? Because everything's closed. But if there's a major disaster, knock on wood, another second wave or anything else, I think it could be you can easily drown this out in the news. So that's where it's going to be people fighting on a daily basis, right? Stopping your friends from saying um, from making off color jokes and. You know what I mean? Talking to your family if they're racist, that kind of stuff is where it's going to have to continue. And that's what I'm interested to see, like, where it goes in the next few months. Uh, yeah, so really quickly to touch on what you was just saying about moms. And I, I also I think that um, two bumps point earlier, like it could work if you have, have people that are, uh, like you said, ready and willing. You feel me? Like. Like Bob said, he at this point in time, he's like, you know, fuck that. Like I'm I'm all about it. So I do think people have to um be willing to part with stuff like that in order for that to work. But I definitely think it could work if it's structured sure. properly. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean and there's you know, it's a it's a a large idea. I'm just it's just something that came to my mind one time because of how we really pay the government, right? Like they take the bread out of your check and then do what they want with it. You can vote, but you know, and I, I do vote. Um, too many people fought, died, so I could. So I'm always going to, right? Me, part of it was voting with Grammy and what she told me about it, but um, you know, there's so many, so many layers to that too, and like just how that, how that ties into you know the overall movement. But I kind of lost my train of thought, man. I just a lot just hit me right now. Hey, there are, and can I ask you? Uh, can I ask you guys? A uh, deep a deep question also. Most definitely, because you because you were talking about you know about the people that died 
like, do you feel like or that they would take disrespect if they knew you were fighting for a vote that didn't matter? I think I think it's how you look at your vote, though. Right. So the idea of saying your vote doesn't matter, I think, is is bigger, because if it didn't matter, why would so many people fought so you couldn't have it? If reading didn't matter, why was it illegal? If and I'm not saying you're saying that. Well, I'm, I'm just well, saying. No, no, I know. I know. And there's I, levels I, and to I, the vote. But go ahead. Uh, I so I, I think that this could be a completely different podcast. Uh, and I don't really want to touch too deep on it. Okay. But I, Good I point. think I do think that uh, some of the fighting was quote unquote be equal. Like we already are equal. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not talking about in the eyes of the law, but like as a human fucking being, we already are equal. But like I think fighting and stuff like that was for the right to be considered equal. Um and I only asked that question as far as not mattering, thinking about the the last election. Literally, Hillary, but we got this fool in office. Yeah, there's there's layers to that though too, right? Because disenfranchisement, right, was the whole plan. So they kept a lot of people from voting. Also, a lot of people were like, "This is stupid because it's the best of both of uh, you know, it's picking the." best two evils and i don't care about either one so you lose votes too like she won out here because we're that but we and we have hella popular votes but to your point the electoral college does need to be done away with right and it's where you have to kind of start the system over but i also think about local governments too and local votes right because people think presidential which is big but you know you can yeah absolutely you you vote for you know who who's um in your school district for your kids who the sheriff is who all these people are, right? And then that comes on us to to have the knowledge and the understanding of who these people are and what we do. I heard, I saw this quote today that was cool that said, "Voting is, is like public transportation, not marriage. In marriage, you're trying to find the perfect person to spend your life with. In public transportation, you're trying to get on the the transit that's going to take you as close to your destination as possible before you switch." Please. Thought that was dope, and it's kind of what it is, right? Presidentially, yeah, you're right, Rick. Like it's it's hard when you get higher up, but there's local, you know. You're like Gavin Newsom has had more impact on us now than Trump has, based on you know what I mean. Pop, and then as you go down further, but but yeah, you're all right. That's a different topic, bro. I kind of would like to switch to the protecting our women if we can, um, and just in light of um, the sister who was um, sexually assaulted and, and murdered. Um, I'm trash for not having this on me, but um, I can get her name, but just kind of. You guys are both raising daughters too. Go really, ahead. really quickly before we do that, I wanted to um, say I wanted to just say this because I got a meme. I mean, I got a picture, not a meme. I got a picture today that pretty much broke down a lot of the stuff that we were talking about as far as the social unrest and the policing, and it ties it all together. So it's a picture of Norway, Finland, Germany, and the United States. In Norway, they require three years of training training to become a police officer. Between 2002 and 2016, they had four fatalities caused by police. In Finland, you have to have a three-year degree to become a police officer. There were seven people killed between 2000 and 2018. In Germany, it requires you to have two years of training to become a police officer, and there have been 267 people that have been killed by police since 1990. In the United States, you need a high school diploma, 
and approximately 21 weeks of training. Wow. In 2018 alone, there were 1,004 people killed by the police. Wow. Let that shit see. You got, um, there's a lot of uh, institutionalized racism and a lot of that too. That's deep because Germany's rebelled against their past and and it seems like everywhere else in the world, that's just so weird to me, like, not weird, but everyone else, not everyone, right, but people have so many good policies that they use that America, to me, if they really cared about being something, about being great, you really could damn near make this utopia, bro. Like, you have the resources, you have the money, you have the people, like, you really could make this legit for everybody, but that's not the goal, and that's just crazy to me. It's wild. But good yep. point, Bert. Like, training... Um, even how they treat police too, like the idea of policing in those other countries, it might be someone else who comes, you know, if you have a drug problem, it's like, we don't put you in jail. We try and get you help with that drug. You know what I mean? Like get you off that drug, get you rehab so that you can, you know, do what you need to do, or we decriminalize it. So you're not sitting in prison, but we can put you, you know, give you proper help. And I think all that could change. So it's a good point. Yep. Um, and to tie back into the whole policing where you live, like I went to Jamaica and literally the police were hanging out on the corner talking shit dancing with the locals so it should be yeah definitely and it comes back to community policing but um all right, so I, I mean talk as in a good way <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it sounds like it bro like it's not you know they also look like you right so they're not gonna have that fear yeah. of you um you know just ask you a regular question right just knowing the people so, um, but now to, to digress. So the sister name was Olawatoyan Salu. Uh, they call her Toyan and she was from Florida, um, and had tweeted about being sexually assaulted by a dude that helped her with transportation and had talked about just kind of being, um, you know, that she'd been in these dangerous situations and kind of told people and, and we still couldn't protect her. Right. And I say we, because I feel like everybody's responsible, right, for everybody. And that's what I'm hoping this consciousness changes is that if you see an injustice, we can stand with it together, right? So, you know, if you're a white person that sees another white person being, you know, racially abusive to someone, you know, it doesn't need to be like, it's not my job. It's, you know, you can say something. And then if we see a woman being assaulted in some kind of way to be able to to say something, right? So you guys are both raising daughters as well. Um, my nieces, who I love to death. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about that. Like, I know your fathers, right? But even outside of fatherhood, outside of being sons, just, you know, protecting women, black women in general, kind of what do you guys, you know, kind of where do you see that? And how does that fit in the movement? And kind of what are your thoughts? Because, I mean, you're both, you know, respectable men at these stages of our lives. So what do you guys think? I'll take it. it don't matter. You want it me, first? But... You want it first yeah. or you want me to go? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Um, all right, well, I say this. Like I agree with you, GB, that everybody needs to police everybody, pun intended. Um, but I am all for protecting our own. Um, and I want to say this too. I used to be a f- and I don't use this word anymore but I used to be a fuck nigga. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it came to females. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not that's, speaking. That's accountability. I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking as if I've been this holier than now guy. Like I'm talking about even as recent as two years ago, a year ago, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just now coming into a place where I can say I am 
like the king that I envision inside me. You and feel me? Like the king that I should. Not so, to stop you, Berg, but just for anyone who doesn't know, uh, F in how Berg said it is basically just a dude who's not about anything. We're just out here living, doing our thing, like not, you know, dis- disrespect happens. Don't be disrespected by it. You know, we're going to do what we do. That's what it yep. means. I say we because I've been on the same hype in the past. Accountability. Carry on, Berg. Sorry. Just wanted to throw that out for anyone nah, who didn't all, understand the lingo. All good. Um, but I do feel like um, we black men, kings, need to protect our queens because um, I honestly feel like black women are treated worse than black men. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And Unfo- not in a good way. Talk, yeah, absolutely. And for th- to say that to to add, to be a black man and to actually say that and to know that, like, I fully understand how marginalized, how treated like shit they are. So the fact that I know that black women die in emotional childbirth because the medical industry looks at them as these strong, which they are. But these, they're strong enough to handle pretty much every, any, any and everything that they completely disregard, like, requests for help yep. when they're in the hospital or think that they can handle more pain that they, they're handling. Like, to know that type of thing and then on top of that to understand that I have been a part of also marginalizing them and putting them down and treating them like shit. Like, and so, and now having a daughter, like having that shit come full circle. Bro, I'm all about standing up and speaking out. So I know personally, I could tell you a story that there was a black derelict woman who sleeping underneath an apartment complex behind my house. I'm pulling out of my driveway at my apartments and I see this white dude also derelict. Um, basically like talking to her, but he was talking kind of loud. So I didn't know if they knew each other because she was talking that kind of loud. But then as I'm going, I'm walking in the rearview mirror and I see him walk up on it. I immediately stopped my car and backed up and asked her, you good? And she, then I start hearing, then I start hearing him and he's calling her all kind of niggas, bitches, things like that. So I get out the car. Now, I don't care that this woman lives on the streets. This is a black woman. You know what I'm saying? And for me, that's all I that's all I care about. This is a black woman and I'm here because this dude looks like football. It's a dude a woman. So he's a punk motherfucker already. So and you talking to her like that. So I got out the car and luckily, you know what? There was another person who was not even black. He was of like um, Indian descent or Arab descent. But he actually came out of his apartment complex and and was there also defending her. So to speak to your point about everybody speaking up, GV, that was a good, that was, a, that was really like, yeah, for sure. Up, like, man, speaking up, it was also somebody else. Um, but then to also tell you, like, listen, man, like, believe them. Like, that's believe huge. them. That's you huge. Know? So, um, listen, like, that's really all I could, like, that's the main thing I could say is listen. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not heard. They're not heard. They're not heard by the world. They're also not heard by a lot of us, like men. So the first step is listening, understanding, and taking accountability for the 
dumb shit that you've done in your, in your life. Yes. And then making that change, man. Like, and then I'll toss it to y'all for that, man. I got nothing else. I'm done. So Marjani, he said everything I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I agree with everything that he said, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, it was when you, when you, when you marry one or when you raise one, uh, for me, marry, really marrying one because my daughter's not old enough to see it like that. But, you know, she's still cute and everybody loves her no matter what. All right. But now it's like, you know, when you become an adult, like now you enter a different realm of, 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 of criticism, you know. And so, you know, being married, obviously, to a woman, but black woman, you know, it's like I see it differently. Like just through both her pregnancies, how they didn't listen to her, you know, and just how she was treated and, you know, everything's like. It's the difference between when you say, are you in a, you know, are you in an abusive relationship or they don't even invite me back there? You know what I'm saying? Like to the, uh, like, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. oh, oh, you're married. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how, how, how do, how do most people know that you're married? You have a ring. Oh, okay. Do you see this ring on my finger? Oh, okay. Do you see that ring on her finger? Oh, okay. I get it. Institutional you know bias. Like, yeah. Definitely. Just, Marjani, yeah. yeah. Doc. Duck every time, but this is not about me. I'm just saying, like, it, but it, no, that's but, good. Yeah. but it's, but the way that they, but it is about because the way that they treat me, obviously, they make some assumptions about her, right? Like, so many women do this, that, and you know, my wife has scoliosis. We found out, you know, she has scoliosis, no. but that was affecting her, uh, you know, uh, epidurals and stuff like that. And she would complain about it, but we didn't know that at the time in her medical record, it didn't reflect that. But so it was just like, Instead of just listening, you know what I mean, and, and, and doing what needed to be done, you know, for the moment, you know, it was just like everything under the sun except doing what we needed to be done, you know. And again, we got two kids. I've seen it both times. So, uh, so, so I agree with that, you know what I'm saying? But I also want to add this little, you know, tidbit is that uh, I believe that we will be able to protect our women you know, when we come together as men uh, and we start building our relationships, right? Because we build our relationships, then we have these uh, communities of accountability. Yo, bro, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Because the reality is that we come from broken homes. Not not all of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thankfully, okay. none of us in this podcast. But we all know somebody who who didn't grow up with their father. Yeah. Who didn't have that daily, uh, you know, communication with the man and learn how to be, you know, uh, empathetic and sympathetic and to show that as a man to be compassionate. Right. To understand your boundaries, how it's OK to hug and how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like those things. Each father is an individual and he has his own sentiment and whatnot. But at least you learn that. Right. You're not learning that from a woman or you're not learning that on the street when you have your father in the home. And so we know that that people who are peers are in that place and so if we can you know establish relationships with people and uh, uh, you know uh, accountability right then we could be like hey bro like because i trust this guy if he's beating his wife or he's abusive because he trusts me he'll let me in a little bit and be like yo man i'm really I'm struggling with this, you know, now that way it's like not an intervention, but it's accountability that is in the form of intervention. Right. So we hold each other, we build each other up. We hold each other accountable. And it's like, Hey, you respect me. You know, this imaginary dude, if he respect me, you see how I treat my wife. You know what I'm saying? Let me holler at you about how, you know, it, it don't mean that she doesn't get on my nerves from time to time, but 
I have this idea about her. And so I'm unwilling to express my frustration with her in a certain way, you know, and we could just be accountable to each other. You know, I, I think it starts there because the reality is that for most healthy relationships, you're only going to be in a relationship with one woman, like at a time that really matters. Right. So you can't really affect how other people and women are treated, but we can have multiple relationships with men in terms of our friendships and our brotherhood. And if we as men, black men in particular, build up our relationships, then it will affect others. I, I mean, whether you believe in the Bible or not, like whatever I, but I do, you know what I'm saying? Adam was, 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 was created first in the Bible and he was tasked with some things, right? Eve didn't come to later. We don't know how much later. But the point is, is that you see what happens. The society will give kids to women and they'll, but yet we, they'll still blame the fact that fathers aren't around. You know what I'm saying? So we see that men have an integral part. We have a responsibility that is integral to society at large, not just the family, to society. And so I'm saying that if we just make these meaningful relationships, right? How you doing, bro? I'm checking in on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, not this why you texting me type mess like just literally tap in with each other yo know, be transparent right like hey i'm really struggling with this man you know what i'm saying like this girl hit me up or i'm on this internet site or whatever it is whatever the struggle is i'm drinking too much i'm smoking too much or whatever you know what i'm saying we have this accountability we respect each other and it's gonna permeate all of our relationships man i agree i really believe that yeah so i think it's a good point accountability like to Burke's point to your point uh, being able to have those tough conversations. I'm also personally, bro, I was throwing this out there on Twitter, but real talk, bro, making it, uh, normalizing whipping fools' asses, though, too. <laughs> like, sounds crazy, but sometimes that's all fools understand is violence, right? The racist thinks they can say anything because typically you're going to turn the other cheek. When they get socked, they start to get real apologetic and understanding where they messed up. That's all I'm saying. But I do agree, bro. I think you guys have, have great points. Um, all that is key. I think, Berg, it starts with changing yourself. I agree 100%. I was just saying that earlier. Like, looking back at my own issues, I've definitely made women feel uncomfortable or unwanted or whatever the case was. And it, it pains me, right? It's, it doesn't feel good. Um, and just knowing them as people and understanding, you know, them and just being like, damn, that's bogus, right? Uh, marginalizing them, putting them, you know, utilizing patriar patriarchy to benefit me. And then Marjani, what you said, right on, on point, man. Accountability, being able to, <clears throat> excuse me, talk to each other, to have those tough conversations. And then from that friendship level, it's true, because it's a lot different when you can talk to somebody and they actually trust you and know you versus, you know, Berg in the situation, which I think is great. Hopping out on dude is going to be different than if Berg knew dude. It's a completely different situation. So great point, guys. I think we're doing making good time. This has been a great conversation. I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, and the, in the interest of time, Definitely want to transition to that last uh, that last idea. Just what you guys are optimistic about. Talk a couple of minutes. No real form or structure. Just something a little lighter. Um, and not that the, this has been heavy because it's everything is heavy, right? But just you know, end it off. Just kind of with what are you optimistic about? You know, what are you kind of happy about? What do you what are you seeing now that kind of makes you happy or optimistic for the future? Um, and either of you can go, or or I can. Go ahead, GB. All right. Uh, so for me, I think you touched on it earlier, Marjane, just being in this space of um, where it feels like change is upon us. I mean, we've had movements where, you know, you've had a large amount of people who aren't just black, right? For me, it's always been like that. I've always felt like white supremacy 
and I, I hate calling it that because it's just, it's not really that's not what it is. It's it's actually an inferiority complex. But anyway, um, the the structure so that, we, that we live under, true that structure that we live under, and the systems that were built by you know those those quote unquote forefathers, rich white men, right? Country was built for that, rich land owning white men. That's who wrote all the documents. That's who was running it. That's who it was built for. So you build that system, and those structures last forever, right? Um, but to me, those structures, those same types of people who built the structure need to be some of the pivotal people to fight that structure. You created a problem that may, it's not really a problem for you, right, or your family, but as the consciousness changes and people realize it's a problem, you created the problem with that problem with specific tools, utilize those same tools to break it down, right? If you, uh, to use another analogy, we're talking about the alley-oop earlier, if I have, if you bring your car to me, I take the car apart completely with lifts, a hydro, you know, hydraulic lifts, special wrenches, et cetera, and then be like, oh, I can't fix this and give it back to you in pieces. What do you to do? You know what I mean? It's going to take you a while to even figure out what goes where, what kind of tools you need. You got to buy those tools. You got to find, like, you may never get that car back, right? And if you get it, it may never be the same, right? Probably won't. So that's kind of my analogy is like you, as they've created these issues, more people who are of that, dia- that not, not diaspora, but of that lineage, European, right, who created kind of this system, got to step in to fight it. And I'm interested, I, I like that the movement is so big right now. The energy is so big around it. People are, you know, even I think a lot of this is just to protect market share, right? I'm playing video games and EA, you know, I turn on Madden and it's like Black Lives Matter and we got to stand with our people. NFL, all these people who could have been doing this now are big because it's the thing. But my hope is that it permeates somewhat and you change your hiring policy. You, you know, listen to, you know, as you guys were saying earlier, listen to the black women who are in your organization who are saying how things have been. Listen to people around and try and change it. So that's where my optimism is. It's just the fact that for the first time I have the slightest sliver of optimism because I've always been a major cynic thinking America would never change. So that's kind of where GB is. I kind of went all over the place, but either y'all go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go after it's up to you. I uh, can't go right now. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. The energy is there. We need to, you know, make sure that we control the narrative, right? And and that's the power in it, right? And don't uh you know, don't don't throw it like right at the rim, right, where other people can get it. You know what I'm saying? You need to kind of guide it a little bit more. You know, so that way uh, it can't be swatted or it can't be, you know, uh, intercepted by people who are looking to hijack the message. You know what I'm saying? Um, my personal thing, you know, like for example, it's like, why, why, why are you, why is this in it in Kente Claw? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, come on, bro. Like, okay, we get it. It's Africa, right? But we talking about we have not, we have not. This police brutality ain't got nothing to do with Africa. We talking about America, bro. Like, that's what they don't understand. Yes. Right? We are Americans. We are foundational part of. We have been here ever since America been here. You know what I'm saying? Like, or the United States of America has been here. Like, we're talking about uh, equality for as Americans to be seen as equal Americans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get like the symbol, but it's off though. It's off message. 
You know what I'm saying? And we need to keep it where, you know, where they said, like, how, how you know that where some of us from, we ain't wearing our cars and, you know, instead of, you know, dashiki and this and that, like, I mean, just like, what are we, like, just, it, like, you know, we, that's why we have to control the message. We have to make sure that it's relevant, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, we seek our police reform, you know what I'm saying? And then we go from there. Like, the, these businesses already know that if we take away our trillion plus dollar buying power, they're going to be hurting, right? Because we buy things without asking. That's one thing I will say, you know, that's negative about us is that we see it, we buy it. We want it, we buy it. You know what I'm saying? Other people may bet it out a little bit more. So they know that our trillion dollars is kind of like a whimsical trillion. You know what I'm saying? Like we want it, they seduce us to get it, we'll buy it. So we, they are telling us, they are showing their hand. You know what I mean? Like if we affect their finances, then they're in a frenzy because you just seen what the pandemic did, right? All these businesses, it's like, oh, so now it's my fault. Like, you know, these entitled people, this lady, you know, the, the salon lady who thinks like she's entitled to go and open her shop and defy the, uh, the judge and the governor or whoever she did because she chose to be an entrepreneur. That was your choice. You know what I'm saying? And you see how when there's no money coming in, your whole livelihood is affected. You know, so we know that these companies who are based on people spending money are affected when there's nobody spending money. You know what I'm saying? And so we need to just do that. Focus on that. Go get our police reform. Go get, uh, you know, this if it's defunding, whatever it is. But then after that, buy black. You know what I'm saying? And then make sure that, uh, again, you know, if people start acting up, we'll draw that buying power. Take that money away. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I, again, piggybacking off that unity between us as brothers, you know, uh, that way we could be accountable to each other. You know what I'm saying? And instead of it being like, man, F in. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing, right? Because that's why people, that's why these boycotts and stuff don't last because like it's, a, eventually it's like, well, I don't know that dude. I don't know that in, you know what I'm saying? He, he not paying my bills. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that kind of thing. But if we start having some bonds that mean something, you know what I mean? Uh, we can hold each other accountable to more excellence. To more excellence, bro. I dig it. Okay. Cool. Bird, you, you back? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, just to quickly touch on, just to quickly touch on that, I, I just think, I think that we should have that some of these topics should be definitely uh, for another podcast. Absolutely. Because, we will come back to it. Um, yes. Just some of the things that was, was being said, like I personally don't agree with, um, but again that would be for another podcast because I personally like fuck their table. We can create our own table. We already have been creating our own table. So I have different thoughts and views about the pandemic slash scamdemic. But again, another podcast. Um, so to round that corner and just talk about what I'm happy about or what I'm excited about, um, completely off script, completely not related I'm actually excited because my business, I've been reformatting and um, ramping it. up business to uh, do something different. Since this whole, uh, air quotes, pandemic thing has happened, um, <laughs> like you haven't, we haven't been able to do events. So it is affecting entrepreneurs in a yes. very negative way. Uh, Regardless if it's real or not, you know what I'm saying? That's, no, that's no, my point. I, I, I hear, yeah, go ahead, Bert. I hear you, but that, yeah, that, I mean, that ain't even, 
what I'm saying is we haven't been able to do we haven't been able to do um, events. So those that do require public um, expenditure in order for their business to work, mm-hmm. it's been it's been definitely taking them out. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel completely sorry. I feel bad for these people. Anyways, long story short, I've been pivoting and I got some real big things in the works here. Uh, I actually can go ahead and say it. I will uh, be doing infused cooking oils. I've come up with a line of hot sauces Love or it. sauces. I would say sauces. Some of the sauces you could use as a, a salad dressing. You can use them as marinade. Uh, and I've also come up that with a to create wow. in the lab. Okay. So that while we are still in this uh, quarantine thing, still in the, uh, the essence of Vegan Van 916 in your own home. Dope. Yes. That was a good I'm excited point. about it. Yeah, me too. I've, I've had, I've been uh, able to. Quickly, and not, I mean, there's this, there's a black family and friends thing that's going on called the Sufu. I'm actually excited about that. I joined last week, and yeah, <laughs> that too. No, it's good stuff. I think uh, great points. Yeah, I think everybody had something different, which is good. And Berg, you're absolutely right, man. I'm, I'm excited about that too for you, bro. <laughs> And I was actually able to. That's super dope. That's that's super dope. By the way, I, I was muted, but that's that's raw though. That infusion, that sounds raw, man. Yeah, what's raw is when you taste really it. Pops. When you taste it, you know it will. Right. It's flame, <laughs> right. bro. I'm not right. gonna lie to you. Right. I'm, I already got my own ideas, so that's dope. No, I think that's you guys, man. It's been a great show. Um, we're at about hour ten, which is right about where I wanted to be. Um, not to cut you guys off, I thank you for your time. Thanks for calling in and, and giving a, an hour up just so we can we chop it up and kind of speak about some topics and we'll get this going more regular. Um, I'm GB. You guys got any pa- any parting words? Man, stay black. Stay strong. Stay safe. Yeah, man, that's it. And thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. This is how we, how we unify, you know what I'm saying? Just on a one on a, on a cellular level, you know what I'm saying? It, you get a whole bunch of cells together, then you got some skin, and you got a hand, you got an arm, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it has to start with one cell and the next cell. So I'm glad we on that, just doing our part. And really quickly, GB, Marjani, I just want to say this because going back to what Marjani said before, as far as community building between men, I think that both of you guys are kings, and I love you both. And I don't think that us, especially black men, say that I love you enough to each other especially to those that they do love. Um, but it's genuine. It's from the heart. And I love you both. And I think that y'all are kings. And I appreciate who you guys are to me. Likewise, man. Thank you, bro. Love you too, man. Likewise, family. Likewise, king. Yeah. So, love, you already know that. Over 20 years in the game, like, we, we our friendship is, it's, it's blood territory. So, you know what I'm saying? No, no game. You know what I'm saying, though. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, thank you, guys. We didn't cross over past friendships, so. Thank you both, man, for your time. Uh, shout out to the rest of the clique, uh, to my brother Landon specifically. Um, we love you all. Thanks for, li- thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.